0: Joshua chapter 10. Joshua chapter 10. We're going to start with verse 28 and we're going to read all the way to the end of the chapter. Joshua chapter 10, verse 28. Now I know that most of these verses seem kind of repetitive and kind of. seem like they say the same thing, but we 're going to read them all god 's word is important, and so uh, there is a point that we 'll get to I think it 's important for us to to read these things and, and see how God is, is uh, getting the people into the promised land that He has given them. Uh, Joshua and, and the people of Israel has, as we have looked at over the last uh, couple of months. Uh, They are going in, we've seen a few battles that have been singled out, these first few places that they overtook. But over the next couple of chapters, it just kind of really gives a list of all the different uh, enemies that God uh, handed over to the people of Israel, all these battles that they fought, all these kings that had fallen, as Israel had gone in to take uh, the promised land. So tonight, we just got a list of a bunch of uh, these different places. And so I'll pray, and then we'll, we'll go through the text. God, I come to you now and I pray that you would hide me behind the cross, that you would get my mind straight, dear Lord, and focused on your word. I pray that it wouldn't be too boring for us tonight. I know it's kind of a repetitive thing, these first few verses, and but but there is a point to this book of Joshua, dear Lord. There is a point that that, that can be made, things that we can learn from your word. So I pray that you would help us to, to understand that tonight, that you would just speak to us and, and through me, dear Lord, by the Holy Spirit, that you would give us ears to hear and, and hearts to do and, and understand your word tonight. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen. 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 Now, a few verses back, Joshua and the people of Israel, the sun, it stood still. Come on in. Come on in. We're in Joshua chapter 10, verse 28. Joshua chapter 10, verse 28. Uh, so we see that the sun had stopped in the sky so that uh, the people of Israel could finish this battle. There were these five kings. Uh, they had, they had, they had uh, executed the five kings in the verses we looked at a couple of weeks ago. And here is where we start off tonight in Joshua 10, verse 28. On that day, Joshua captured Makeda and struck it down with the sword, including its king. He completely destroyed it and everyone in it. "...leaving no survivors. So he treated the king of Makeda as he had the king of Jericho. Joshua and all Israel with him crossed from Makeda to Libra and fought against Libna. The Lord also handed it and its kings over to Israel. He struck it down, putting everyone in it to to the sword, and left no survivors in it. He treated Libna's king as he had the king of Jericho." From Libna, Joshua and all Israel with him crossed to Lachish. They laid siege to it and attacked it. The Lord handed Lachish over to Israel, and Joshua captured it on the second day. He struck it down, putting everyone in it to the sword, just as he had done to Libna. At that time, Horam, king of Gezer, went to help Lachish, but Joshua struck him down along with his people, leaving no survivors in it. Then Joshua crossed from Lachish to Eglon, and all Israel with him. They laid siege to it and attacked it. On that day they captured it and struck it down, putting everyone in it to the sword. He completely destroyed it that day, just as he had done to Lachish. Next Joshua and all Israel with him went up from Eglon to Hebron and attacked it. They captured it and struck down its king, all its villages, and everyone in it with the sword. He left no survivors, just as he had done at Eglon. He completely destroyed Hebron and everyone in it. Finally, Joshua turned toward Debir and attacked it, and all Israel was with him. He captured it, its kings, and all its villages. They struck them down with the sword and completely destroyed everyone in it, leaving no survivors. He treated Debir and its king as he had treated Hebron and as he had treated Libna and its king. So Joshua conquered the whole region the hill country, the Negev, the Judean foothills, and the slopes. With all their kings leaving no survivors, he completely destroyed every living being as the Lord, the God of Israel, had commanded. Joshua conquered everyone from Kadesh Barnea to Gaza and all the land of Goshen as far as Gibeon. Joshua captured all these kings and their land in one campaign because the Lord, the God of Israel, Fought for Israel. Then Joshua returned with all Israel to the camp of Gilgal. Way back in the in the, in the the Old Testament, as we first begin to read about Abraham, God makes that promise and says, Look, Abraham, it is through your offspring that I'm going to give you this whole portion of land. And it's spelled out for us in the text. And it's uh, really over there pretty much what modern Israel is today, all the way from right at the edge of, of Egypt, kind of looping around uh, uh, the Jordan River and all up through there and up north, almost up to where modern-day Turkey is, and that whole everything around where the Mediterranean Sea, And this was all the land that God had promised to give his people. And finally, we see, after hundreds of years have passed, God had finally led those people into that land by Joshua. Joshua was the one who was going to take them into the land, who was going to give them rest. These were Israelites. These were God's people who had been uh, servants of of, uh, Egypt for hundreds of years. Uh, They had spent time in the wilderness. Many Many of them had died. But those who were faithful, those who were living for the Lord, those who were obedient, Those children of Israel, they were now in the promised land, and there was no enemy that was able to stand before them as Joshua led them to the land that was going to give them rest. The land that was going to uh, be the land that God had told them was going to be theirs. Everything was beginning to come Together, There were no enemies that could stand against the Lord. It was the Lord who was fighting the battles. It was Joshua who was leading them. And the Lord was taking care of any enemy that was coming into their path. And I know these verses we read tonight just kind of said the same thing. There were other people who had come against them, and they pretty much just went in and showed them what was what. Because this land was already theirs. God had already said he was going to give it to them, and it was God who fought their battles and God who delivered them through Joshua. But there's a lot to these verses. Because when we read these verses, we need to look ahead. You know, there's a lot of verses in the Old Testament that once you read the New Testament, you understand them a lot better. And, and we see in the book of Hebrews chapter 4, we may turn there in a second, but we see in the book of Hebrews chapter 4 that it calls us back to the book of Joshua. Because the book of Joshua is pointing us forward to none other than Jesus himself. Joshua is is representative of who Jesus will be and that is Jesus is the one who is going to lead us into the promised rest and that's not something that we will find in this life but we're talking big picture we're talking an eternal rest that Jesus is going to lead his children into Jesus's name is Joshua in the Hebrew the name of Jesus Yeshua is Is Joshua. So Jesus and Joshua are technically the same name. It is a foreshadowing with Joshua here of what is to come. It is helping us and helping the people of Israel realize that there is one coming who is going to deliver his people into that promised rest, into that promised land. There is one coming like Joshua who when he leads his people into battle, they will come out victorious because he, the Lord, is in control. And that's what we see with the children of Israel, and that's what we as Christians also have to look forward to. That is, our enemy, who is Satan, not necessarily a bunch of kings like in this verse here that we looked at, but our enemy, who is Satan, but to know that our Joshua, who is Jesus, is going to conquer our enemy and going to lead us to where God wants us to be, and that is in heaven with him for all of eternity. Let's flip to Hebrews, if you would. Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter four. That's in the New Testament, kind of toward the back of your Bible. Hebrews chapter four. We're not going to read the whole chapter, but you can go back and read uh, chapter three too if you're going to read it, because it helps kind of put the context in. But we're going to start just in verse uh, verse number eight tonight. Uh, but I do encourage you, if you, get, if you get a chance this week, read Hebrews 3 and 4. And, and and Hebrews is a good book because it really helps tie a lot of things in the Old Testament back. There are a lot of references that the author of Hebrews makes back to uh, the book of Genesis, makes back to Abraham, in this case makes back to Joshua. And it helps us to understand how these things tie together and fit together. And here he is pointing out to the people he is writing to in Hebrews, he, he's pointing out to them that there's something better uh, than the old way, he's pointing out that even the people who followed Moses, even those people, didn't enter the Promised Rest because of their disobedience. He points out uh, that Joshua was able to give the people that he led into uh, Israel into the Promised Land, rest, but it wasn't a permanent rest. There was still strife, there was still conflict, there were still things that happened. They still uh, were 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 uh, were captured, were in exile because of sinfulness. But what the author of Hebrews is pointing us to is to Jesus, who is going to give a better rest than that that Joshua in his day and age could give. In verse 8 For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later about another day. Therefore a Sabbath rest remains for God's people. For the person who has entered his rest has rested from his own works, just as God did from his. Let us make every effort then to enter the rest so that no one will fall into the same pattern of disobedience. Now, what he's talking about when he talks about a day of rest here, we're not talking about when it says Sabbath, just setting aside one day of a week. That is a Sabbath day, a day that we are going to set aside and keep holy, a day that we are going to rest. But what the author of Hebrews is calling us to is the big picture. When he says, therefore, a Sabbath rest remains for God's people, he is talking about an eternal rest. He's talking about the rest that Jesus Christ will give us. So He's saying, "Look, what Joshua did was not was not an eternal rest. He gave him rest for a period. But what Jesus is going to do and has done with His death on the cross for those who trust in Him is to give us an eternal rest, so that we will always be at rest with the Lord. For the word of God is living and effective, and sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrating as far as the separation of soul and spirits joints." And marrow, it is able to judge the ideas and thoughts of the heart. That's a good verse. That's a good verse that helps us to to kind of realize why we need God's word, why we need to study the Bible, why we need to seek discernment to hear uh, the Holy Spirit when He speaks and guides us. That is, that we will understand what God's word says, so that we will have that conviction there so that we will be able to see in our life if we are really resting in the Lord. I like what he says, the author of Hebrews here, where he says, For a person who has entered into his rest, that is the Lord's rest, has rested from his own works just as God did from his. It's kind of a humbling of ourselves that God calls us to. That is that we aren't trying in our own abilities, in our own works, so that we may boast in what we do, but that we are resting in the Lord. That is that we're kind of... We're kind of waving our white flag. We're just kind of saying, I surrender everything to the Lord. I'm not going to, to put up with fighting all this sin and all these other things, but I'm going to surrender to the Lord. I'm going to humble myself before the Lord. I'm going to give everything to Him, and I'm going to rest in Him. Jesus says, look, all you that are, that are, that are burdened, everybody that's got all this stuff going on, He says, come to me, and I will give you rest. And what Jesus is talking about is not just rest in the here and now. It's not just the peace and the joy and the comfort we have from knowing Jesus. But it's the rest of all of eternity. It's the rest that we look forward to, to know that whatever we may face in this day and age, that it's not the end-all be-all. That we get a glimpse of God's plan in the book of Joshua. And that is that all of the enemies that come against God and God's people will be destroyed. And that is that God sends one to lead his people into the promised land. We get a glimpse of that in the book of Joshua, but we see that fully fulfilled through the life of Jesus Christ. That is that God sent Jesus to deliver us, to, to, to bring us to heaven, to bring us to a place of eternal rest and to, and to give us victory over our enemies. And so when we look at the book of Joshua, let it let it bring to our mind Jesus and what Jesus has done on our behalf. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you and thank you for these words and we thank you for what we get to see and I pray that you help us to be uh, like the, the Israelites who are faithful to you and obedient to you, dear Lord. We don't, we don't want to be those who are unfaithful and, and disobedient, God. Sometimes we are. So I pray that you would help us in those times that we are, that you would help us to see that, that you would help us, God, to, to seek Jesus, dear Lord, that you would help us to remember that, that just as Joshua was able to lead your people into the promised land, God, so your son, Jesus, will be able to lead those who put their faith and trust in Him into your eternal Sabbath rest, into that eternal promised land, God. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.